Congratulations, you found it. This is a book podcast featuring books you will want to read. Recommended by people who are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Starring the original book divas Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. Also featuring book nerds Jessica Butcher and Josh Lupton. Together, searching for and finding book treasures every week. They are three book girls. You might have to scooch. Scoot, scooch your booty. Scooch your booty. Scooch your booty. <laughs> You're asking a lot. I have a lot of booty to scooch. Scooch, scooch, scooch. I'm sure Dylan loved going out in public with you when he turned into a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just say, payback's a bitch. <laughs> You know what I'm, ac- I'm what I'm actually drinking in this cup? Whiskey? No. <laughs> but whiskey would have been nice. It's actually chai. Oh. Isn't that weird for me? Well, you you go through spells where you do a I lot do. of chai and then do. you do something. But it's else. weird for me on a Sunday morning drinking chai. I want your I want your but This uh, is a great Is this not a great holiday cup for Starbucks? Yeah, I always like their start their This is like cups. a color your own cup for all those wussy jerks who make a big deal about the holiday cup. Don't you think, Josh? Yeah, it's pretty cool. We have our bearded book girl in the house. Hello. It's been a while since you've been on. It has. We missed your sweet bearded face. Thank you. You're welcome. This is sweet. Oh, guess what? Hmm. Josh. What? We went to Half Price Books this morning and the dude, he's bearded too. I had That's to take some. Surprising. I had to take some. Books. I know, but I had to take <laughs> some books in to exchange because I cleaned my bookshelves off yesterday because my sister's coming to visit and I'm cleaning my house. So I had to clean off my bookshelves, so I took some books in to exchange them. And the dude said to me, the dude behind the counter, he goes, "So where's the third book girl?" He recognized us. <laughs> That's awesome. Seriously, awesome. and I, 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 I'm like, how did you know? How did he know, Vonnie? How do you think he knew? I don't... It, well, you know, I. that's the one that I talked to the manager that time. Is But that's not the manager. No, and I was the only one that went in to talk to the manager. You... We didn't have all three of us didn't I go know. in. I know. Like, how did that guy know who we were? The only thing I can think of is that they left because we gave him a card, if they put the card, and so they know that we're the three book girls. But he had to have looked us up and saw that our pictures, like on Twitter or something. Oh. Because our pictures are Maybe up there. Maybe he's just a fan. No, he hadn't heard our podcast, he said. Huh. He must have seen our picture. Yeah, if he looked it up and our pictures are on there, so that could be what. That's so awesome. Oh, my gosh. I did the little thing when he said where's the third book girl <laughs> I kicked out a little bit okay I was I embarrassed I embarrassed myself in public nah, probably embarrassed Bonnie a little bit too she's like calm down oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well it's exciting I know it is exciting I mean we do this book this podcast because we love it but it's exciting that other people like it too it is exciting we finally found our tribe Josh People who love books as much as we love books. Mm-hmm. Preaching the gospel of reading. Don't bend that up. I want it. Oh, sorry. Bonnie's making some, like, things. We're doing some Christmas. Out We're of the Starbucks little, the little sleeve that goes around the coffee cup. She's making shit Can out of it. I'll, I'll give you mine done? here in a minute. Okay. I want it to stay warm for a little bit. Thank you. Coffee sleeve 
tchotchkes. We're making a coffee sleeve ornaments to go on the tree. Oh. You know how they make like the the little rings out of construction paper? Oh. Well, we're going like to do that. Like a chain? Right, but we're oh. going to do that with the coffee sleeves. Very yeah, nice. she'll she'll put that up on uh, on Facebook with the instructions later. Right. Not. <laughs> We're book girls. We don't do this bullshit like okay, on Pinterest let me specify. and stuff. I'm going to give that to Marlena, who sits next to me and is very crafty, and she's going to make the chain. <laughs> oh, way to specify. <laughs> <clears throat> so, booking. This morning. So, I'm sitting there. And the girl who started all of this, t- connecting us with our tribe, her name, by the way, is Kate Scott. Thank you, Kate. We love you. <laughs> she wrote the article that included us as one of the 15 standout podcasts. Um, and thank you, Kate, uh, that that ran on Book Riot. But she also has it up on her, um, her website, which is called Parchment Girl. And I was reading something on her Twitter feed this morning, and I was just cracking up. It's an article called 30 Hilariously Cringeworthy Book Titles. And I'm snorting coffee out my nose <laughs> at like six o'clock in the morning because my brain refused to fall back this morning, people. We're supposed to put our clock back. Right, because it's fall back. Right. My brain did not get the freaking memo. Oh, speaking of, I got here an hour early. Oh, did you? Because I, I didn't send my watch back, and I had my phone, and I didn't check the time on that. Oh, I was no. halfway. I was Poor through Josh. downtown. I'm sorry, babe. And, uh, and I looked at the, cl- the clock on my phone and realized Well, see, it was you could have gone with us to Half Price Books. I could have. We Next were in time. Although I would have paid for books, and that would have not been good. Well, mm. I had a credit. Oh. See? Ooh. I turned <laughs> books in today. Yeah. Next time, text us, Josh. Okay, I think I went like a week ago. I'm like your Did mom. You? I'm old enough to be your mom, that's for sure. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> to think that my son could be old enough to have a beard that luxurious is definitely weird. <laughs> <laughs> I think Dylan would look funny with a beard like that. I'm, yeah, he would. All right, back to this article. Okay. 30 hilariously cringeworthy book titles. Thank you, Kate, for the uh, for the stuff to talk about today. <laughs> Here's the first one. Reusing old graves. That one's not not so bad. No. Castration. The advantages and disadvantages. (laughs) That one's not so bad. Uh, I disagree. Next one. How to raise your IQ. By eating gifted children. (laughs) Seriously? That's actually the title of the book. Have you tried it? No. No. Can't say that I have. And right below that, Dr. J. Swift, eating children, population control, and the food crisis. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I kind of agree with that one. Yeah. Universe. Okay. Old tractors and the men who love them. How to keep your tractors happy and your family running? I think my father-in-law read that book. Come to think about it. <laughs> Those are weird. <laughs> Next on the list, everything I know about women I learned from my tractor. <laughs> Again, that, I think um, my father-in-law read that book. Yeah, this was this was written by some rednecks. Yeah. And directly followed by How to Succeed in Business Without a Penis. <laughs> Perhaps we should read that one. 
I'm not going to go into all of these, but I will highlight a few of my favorites, such as Images You Should Not Masturbate To by mm. Graham Johnson and Rob Hibbert. It's a handy book. Handy. Get it? <laughs> handy. Pole dancing to gospel hymns. Amazing grace. <laughs> Learning to play with a lion's testicles. Yeah. Seriously, these are book titles, people. So then this morning, in uh, in Half Price Books, I was laughing and I was saying to the bearded dude that I met, which his, his um, name tag was turned around. Oh. So I couldn't see what his name was, but... I said something about this article that I was going to reference today. And I said, geez, I wish I'd had time to look around here in the bookstore to find a couple of titles. And his eyes lit up and he said, come here. So he took me over and showed me this one. Hippo eats dwarf. (laughs) (laughs) Is that Veronica the hippo? No. (laughs) I'm joking. That's one of the books I turned in today, though. (laughs) No. I know it is. Hippo eats dwarf. I guess it's about urban legends. Kind of cool. Yeah. And the other one was, what was the other one? Bonnie, I sent you a text. It was something about sex, because with you, it's always about sex. Let's um, talk about sex, baby. Sex on the Moon, True Crime, Ben Meserick. Sex on the Moon. Let me see if there's anything else It doesn't on this. say that it's with a mannequin or a dolphin, though. No, no. But there is a... Uh, I found an article. Let's not forget the big book of lesbian horse stories. That sounds scary. Oh, and here's another good one. Kate, thanks for finding this one. I was tortured by the Pygmy Love Queen by Jasper McCutcheon. I think I talked to him online. Yeah, I think you maybe did too. (laughs) I'm joking. All right, you you can move over to your article now. I just thought I wanted to get those last ones in found one from Bustle, which I know that Nicole uses Bustle a lot. And it's 17 of the weirdest titles of all times. Half asleep in frog pajamas. The man who mistook his wife for a hat. Didn't Nicole review that? I don't remember if she did. I think she did. (laughs) I just keep thinking that she... The Lust Lizard of Melancholy Cove. I turned that in today. That was a Christopher Mm -hmm. Moore title. It was definitely not his best work. It, it was strange. It was terrible. Sorry, Christopher. You know we love you, but that was not our horrible. <laughs> How to avoid huge ships, which might be one that I like. I mean, ships? I like fishermen. Ships. Okay. With a P. Ships. I thought you meant shits. No, no, no ships. No, the poop comes later. The particular sadness of lemon cake. I like lemon cake. Well, Don't be just a no lemon cake. Everyone poops. Hey, that was on this list, too. Was it? Yeah. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. <laughs> Who's the author on that one? <laughs> Judy. That's not who Shendlin, I thought. Shendlin. That's not who I thought. Do one. androids dream of electric sheep? That's I reviewed book. that book. I reviewed that one. That's I did. Book. Yep. Mm-hmm. Philip, Philip K. Dick. Yep. He the man. The sex lives of cannibals. Wow. They're Do they eat their mates? They're eating something. Games you can play with your pussy. (laughs) (laughs) Meow! God's doodle. (laughs) The life and times of the penis. Josh, are you going to weigh in on that one? (laughs) I'm writing my own book. (laughs) 
Angus thongs and full frontal snogging. Angus thongs? It says... Is it a Scottish book? Angus thongs and full frontal snogging by Louise Renison. Goblin proofing one's chicken coop. Those damn goblins. (laughs) Everything tastes like chicken to them. There's a walket in my pocket. I used to have that book. Dr. Seuss. So long and thanks for all the fish. I have that on my bookshelf. Okay, this is a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Which one is that? Uh, That's a... It's a fourth one? It's a fourth one. God, I so need to read all of those. They're good. Another Bullshit Night at Suck City. I have no idea what that might be about, but it sounds interesting. (laughs) I might actually read that book. (laughs) Living with a Crazy Buttocks. That's on this list. Ah, and that's it. Okay. That's all that's on this now, list. Now, I have a little funny, story though. to tell because this is actually a true story. And something you said on that list made me think of it. I'm in London, right, for my 40th birthday. I took took myself there for my 40th birthday. I had 40th? a friend that was living there. So she allowed me to stay at her flat. And I wandered around the city by myself while she was working and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was wandering around the city by myself. And I stopped in a little shop. They had a a rack of cards there, and I was purchasing some cards, and I went up to the counter, (laughs) and I started laughing un-freaking-controllably. On the counter is this little book. The title was Shag Yourself Slim. (laughs) Now, if you were a Londoner, to shag, which is a verb, by the way, would not be especially funny to you but what was especially funny to me was that my hairdresser actually worked in a salon in graham texas called shags Mm -hmm. so i purchased said book and gave it to my hairdresser (laughs) in graham texas in the bible belt shag yourself slim right which and that's a true story shag means sex to fuck yeah which just in case anyone didn't know of course, that's why our, it was so funny in the Bible. All though. our Brits know. True, and we do have a lot of shagalicious, baby. <laughs> <laughs> For all of you in the Bible Belt, if you're offended by that, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast in the first place. Well, they, they're probably praying. Sorry, for us. not star- sorry, for not our st- sorry, not sorry. Are we ready to actually talk about some books now? Actually, we, we sure. were talking about books. We were though. talking about books, and some of those we've actually reviewed. Yeah, so. and that's what makes that's what makes this so funny. And the business thing without a penis that I mean that might work for a self help book to review. I be, I believe Karen um, Samuel Samolison, however you pronounce her name. I actually follow her on Facebook, oh, and do you? she is quite an interesting individual. Very cool. For all the poor penisless men out there, because I sincerely hope this is not about women. And thank you to Kate. She's my freaking hero for writing that article and the article which included our podcast on it. Mm-hmm. Kate Scott, the parchment girl. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm done now with my little soapbox. (laughs) She'll light her candle later for her. (laughs) As long as it's unscented. Because I can't stand that smelly shit. I know. All right, shall we begin? Yes. Indeed. Indeed. I read, now that we're done with theme month, I went straight back to historical fiction because that's my favorite. And I read one called Gods of Gotham, 
which I picked this kind of because it sounded like Batman, <laughs> but it wasn't Batman. That's a bummer. That would have been a really cool story if it was. If it was Batman. Oh, my but God. But it's historical fiction, so. I can so. already imagine it. Yeah. What, what, wait, before you start, what, what would I? Gods of Gotham oh, been about man. in your imagination, Josh? Okay. Oh, he's getting cooked right, right now. Guys. I can't wait for this. I'm, I'm, I'm rubbing my hands together. All right. So, you know, Batman's doing his thing, fighting, fighting the normal crime. But then these new, I don't really want to call them gods immediately, but they're kind of like mega kingpins. <gasps> like four or five of them come in and they're all trying to take over Gotham at once and just run the whole criminal underworld under their thumb. But then they all get into a war with each other. And so then it just starts ripping Gotham apart, and then Batman has to go in and destroy all of them. Copyright Josh Lupton. Oh, my God. 2017. No, seriously. He just made that up on the freaking fly right this very minute. You were witness to the creation of that plot line right here. Mm -hmm. Very impressive, Josh. Thank Thank you. It would probably be a good one. Oh, yeah. Like, you know... You know how they have like Better the than Justice, League, Justice League where all of the superheroes come together? This would be like a villain, super, villain, super villains mm-hmm. coming together. Well, sort of. I mean, they're all kind of fighting each other because right, they want to run the city. I mean, they're villains. They're not going right. to get along. So eventually you but know they're, that they're going to they start. They would all end up trying to team up to take down Batman because right. he's their common enemy. But the villains don't trust each other because none of them are trustworthy because there, there is, is no, no honor among That's thieves. Right. Exactly. See that it would be pretty good. It would be pretty awesome. I'd watch it. Unfortunately, watch it. this book is not about that. It is about Wait, who's the author again? Gods of Gotham by Lindsay Fay. And this is actually the first book in a series, and I did not read the rest of the series. Um I might go back and read them later because I did really like this book. But it is set in 1845, New York City, and it's the beginning of the police force. And they call them Copper Stars. Oh. Is what it is. Oh, so maybe that's where Copper comes from. Yeah, Cop, Copper, hmm. Copper Stars. That's what they call them. That makes sense. And then just Cop. Oh, connecting the dots there. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's also uh, during the Great Potato Famine in Ireland, so there's a huge flood of Ireland immigrants that are coming into the city, and they're extremely discriminated against because they come in, and at the time, New York City is mainly Protestant. The re- the main religion is Protestant. Right, So and they're Catholic. And they're Catholic. So they call them godless because they're Catholic and not Protestant. So there's what? a huge clash between... Since when aren't Catholics... Well, they all believe in the same God, but they're different religions, so they're fighting. I mean, there's discrimination. Oh, well, yeah. Pretty much. Okay. That's pretty much. There's discrimination between them. Like, you know, the Protestants don't think that their God is the real God, yada, yada, so on and so forth. That happens even today. All over the freaking place. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the main character, whose name is Tim... He's actually a barkeep. He has a bar, and he's the, you know, bartender. And at the time, bartenders are actually, is actually a really prestigious career. I mean, oh. it's a good career to be into to be a bartender. They're all considered extremely smart, well, you know, good businessmen and everything. Well, his bar burns down during a, a big fire that just consumes, like, 
three or four blocks, city blocks. And this of was, New York of city. course, back before you had fire codes and building codes, and right? And all some that. of these are like storage facilities that that like have whale oil and gunpowder. Oh, dude, yeah. And so all of this stuff is so extremely flammable that just everything's just pretty much destroyed. You know, people really weren't smart back then. No. They, they no. didn't think very much. Mm-mm. Well, Timothy's brother is a volunteer fireman. And he's almost like he's obsessed with fire. He loves fire. But he's a volunteer fireman. He doesn't, like, set fires or anything. And he's also a very boisterous, highly charismatic person. And there's a lot of dynamic between Tim and his brother because Tim is a little more down to earth, extremely sarcastic, which you would love. Gotta love the sarcasm. And so I I really liked the play between the brothers because, you know, Tim's like, you're a fucking asshole. And his brother's like, you need to shut up and listen to me. I'm your older brother. You know, just stuff like that. Stuff that, you know, real brothers would do, Mm -hmm. I would think. I mean, I do that with my sisters, so I'm sure brothers do that, too. Right? Well, yeah. I tell my My sister what to do. My husband and his brothers are like that all the time. Yeah. I don't really talk to my brother. You do not? No. Is he older or younger? He's older, just under two years. Uh, But you don't have a lot in common? Not really. But you get along pretty well. I mean, or do you have? Is there like so. a civil rivalry? No, he pushes my buttons a lot. Oh, uh, personality yeah. conflict. Yeah, he's kind of a dick. Uh, yeah. the, would that be the best way to put it? Uh, okay. Hmm. Well, these brothers are close because when they were younger, when they were still children, um, their parents died in a fire. So they've been on their own, and the older brother's been taking care of them since he was like, like. Eight or ten. I can't remember exactly when it happened. So, so on and so forth. Um, dude's bar burns down in this big fire. He's burnt on part of his face. So he loses everything that he has. And he's disfigured. And at the time, his love interest, who I can't remember her name. but um, Probably Daisy or Sally or some weird... No, she's actually a very good character because she is not... Um, Drop dead gorgeous. She's oh, very I love she's that. flawed. And she one of the things that Tim likes about her is that she always has her nose in a book. <gasps> yeah. She's our kind of person. I love those book girls. Yep. But anyways, he loses all that. He quits talking to this, you know, woman that he's been pursuing for a while. And Because he fears rejection because of his appearance? Well, he's just really down and oh. he he was trying to save up money to ask her hand in marriage oh. so that he had enough money to, you know, set up house and everything. And then he lost everything and his money burned up in the fire even. And he just didn't have anything because oh. he didn't have banks or anything then. Yeah. So all of his money burned up. He, you know, so he's starting like from scratch and he doesn't think that, like, I guess he's worthy of her or something. So he talked, he does start talking to her again later in this book, which is good. But it's, I, I don't know, it, she's kind of a character that I like, but then I don't like at times. I kind of go back and forth about her. It's kind of, it kind of makes a good character, though. Yeah, it does. 
It really does because she's human. Right. I mean, and everyone who's human. Can't somebody all the time. Right. Exactly. So um, he becomes a copper star. Copper stars are just starting. Um, people don't really know what to think about the copper stars. A lot of people are not happy about it. But then they start finding, um, they find a child dead with a cross carved on his chest. And he's opened up and some of his organs are missing. Ew. Yeah. And he's in a dumpster. Oh, wow. And then they are investigating this murder of this little, this kid. And right before this happens, which this is what caught me because this was in the preview. um, Tim Wilde is his name. He's coming home from work, walking the beat as a copper star. And he is literally crashes into a little girl who is covered in blood, who's 10 years old, takes her in, cleans her up and everything and tries to find out what happens. And she's she's not telling him the truth. She makes up these stories. And then he says, you're not telling the truth. So she makes up another story. So she's not really telling him what happened. Then they find this little boy dead. And they actually link the two kids because these two kids work in a brothel. They are they are basically kid prostitutes. Wow. At 10. Well, that sucks. Yeah. So, you know, he starts looking into this this murder and everything and it hits the papers. And everything. And then the chief of the Copper Stars is worried about them getting a bad reputation for this huge murder that there's no way that they're going to be able to solve because they don't know what happened. They have absolutely no clue. And um, so it keeps going and it keeps going. And then they get a letter that kind of tries to make it like the Irish and are responsible blaming the Irish, of course. You always blame the, blame the scapegoat. Mm-hmm. Right. Over religious prosecution. Persecution. Persecution. Yeah, thank you. And uh, <laughs> and he signs it, Gods of Gotham. And that's where the title comes from. Oh. Um, but they keep investigating and um, they eventually, you know, find out and everything. And it's just, it's a really good book. I really like the Actually, main character. it sounds so much like something I would like. It does. I thought about you while I was reading this. I might this actually read that. The main character was extreme, was sarcastic, very dry and sarcastic and just funny. And I just, the brother, even though he was boisterous and kind of like one of those, those guys that would be fun like to see in a bar but maybe not know personally <laughs> and kind of had a drug problem like me I, no, I, I even liked problem, his character but, I mean, but you know it was just it was fun a really to hang out book. with but you wouldn't want to know him personally <laughs> the, <laughs> well kidding. you know what I mean yeah, he would be he fun to party with mm-hmm. but I don't know so much about a best friend kind of thing you yeah. know on a personal level but um, the only thing that I didn't like about this book is that I kind of figured it out before the end. Oh, well, there's the deal breaker. But I kind of figured it out, but they put a little twist in there that I didn't figure out. And there's some other stuff that happened that was kind of jaw dropping at the time. I was kind of like, what? (laughs) But so 
and that always makes a good book. So even though I kind of figured out what was going on by the time it happened, it was still a really good read. You and don't I think would I would want to throw the book at the wall? No, I don't think so. It wraps it up in a n- nice little bow, which is unusual considering it's part of a series. Usually, when it's a series, well, maybe it it's, doesn't. Maybe it's just following the the, the cops, though. Right. Well, I think it's following this character because at the end of it, the chief kind of tells him, without using the exact words, they're like making him like a detective. Instead of him walking the beat and preventing crimes, they want him to look into crimes that have already happened to solve it because he did such a good job with this one. Have you ever seen Ripper Street? Mm Mm-mm. Ripper Street is freaking awesome. It's on uh, Netflix. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is, it takes place in England, but it it has that same feel of what you're describing. Oh, really? Yes. It's really surprising that I like this book so well because I am not a mystery kind of person. I mean, this was actually on one of the lists for historical fiction, and there's very little historical fiction in it, which is why I think you would like it, hmm. Martha. I might just have to put that on my list. But it was good. If you read it, you'll have to let me know if you like it. And well, I'm kind were... of in a book drought at the moment. Well, Everything I'm picking I... out is like it's available. Me off, I so. just I just returned it. Just FYI. Okay. So I need to get in there and get it. And that was Gods of Gotham by Lindsay Fay. Awesome. Oh, Joshy. What book are you doing? What? What book are you doing? I am doing something that you wouldn't read, so you don't need okay, to worry. Cool. Um, did I ever do the first 15 Lives of Harry August? No, you never mm-hmm. did. Cool. No. Bitchin'. Um, so I guess you get to do it. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to wait till you had read it. Yes. What is so it? 15 Lives? The first lives. 15 Lives of Harry August by Claire North. Uh, and this has become, well, I guess since the first time I read it, one of my like top three favorite books and it goes into my top five now oh that's an awesome book it is really awesome and i feel ashamed josh that that sat at my bedside for like (laughs) six months and it was mainly because i had a hard copy only Mm -hmm. because i don't read the hard copies because what happens is i fill up my inbox at the library i what i do is i i go to the um to the stuff that's coming out in the library and I put stuff on hold. So stuff keeps coming out of the funnel and filling up my inbox all the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I hardly ever have nothing to read in my in my inbox for, for audiobooks from the library. Mm-hmm. So I hardly ever read the stuff that's on my nightstand. Which is why it took me so long to read that book. And I feel awful because it was so freaking good. It's a good book. <laughs> All right, now I'm done. Um, okay. Go ahead. So, the book follows Harry August, who is, um, in the story, he's what they call uh, an Ouroboron, which, I don't know if you know, the Ouroboros is a, it's a really, really old idea. It's a dragon eating its tail um, forever. So, it's always growing and it's always uh, dying, but it's just an ever-present thing and it just loops back and back and back and back for eternity. Mm-hmm. So the Ouroborons are 
a group of people, and I think it was, in the book it said like one in, I don't know, 100,000, maybe probably more than that. But I don't remember the stats. I don't know. But one in however many people is one. And what they do is they, you, they live their life, and then when they die, they're born again back into the moment that they were born. And they don't live their exact same life because they have somewhat of a knowledge of their previous life. Mm-hmm. So they can make different decisions based on what they knew happened the last time. Mm-hmm. And most Ouroborons, they, they'll live their life and they'll forget some details uh, here and there. You know, the brain can only hold so much. Well, I guess the mind, because the brain will get emptied every time. But the mind can only hold so much. Um, and then every now and then there will be... Shit, what was the word they used? Um, I forget. Anyways... Every now and then there will be one that just remembers everything, every little mm-hmm. detail. Mnemonic, that's what they mnemonic, call it. Yes, mnemonic, yes, because that's what they call a person like that right. normally. Right. So every now and then there will be one that just remembers everything. And that's mm-hmm. what Harry August is. Um, he remembers every little detail about everything mm-hmm. for ever, like for however many lives he ends up having. Mm-hmm. And there's one way to kill. Well, I guess there's two ways to sort of kill an Ouroboron. Mm-hmm. And one is to kill their mother in mm-hmm. one of the timelines um, before they're born. And then they'll either not be born or, you know, you mess them up when they're a kid and then whatever. So the next time, whenever they're born again, they'll just be a regular person. Mm-hmm. And then there's the thing they call it forgetting, which it's like a brain zapper mm-hmm. and it just makes you forget everything so whenever you start again it's like your your first life yeah it's like clean slate right only that one time though right only the one time uh, and, okay. well i mean you can do it again but but you'd have to do it every single time right okay um so harry august he goes through i think four or five lives and he meets he he's a professor at I want to say Cambridge, but I'm not sure that's right. Um, I don't think it is right. Anyways, he's a professor, and he gets a student by the name of uh, Vincent Rankies. Mm-hmm. And uh, he ends up being an Ouroboron, too. Oh. And also a mnemonic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the previous time that there had been a mnemonic, he kind of went crazy and started fucking with the timeline. And mm. just messing everything up in the future. And when you mess things up, and when you change the future, there's all sorts of parents that don't have kids, so all sorts of Ouroborons that aren't born, mm-hmm. and then just, they, they lose off. They die off and just become regular people. Mm. So, there's a group called the Cronus Club, mm-hmm. and it is, it's Ouroborons that kind of group together, and um, since they keep their memories of uh, you know, however long they live, they can take that information back to the past with them. Mm-hmm. So there's information flow all the way from far in the future to way, way back in the way past. Back. You can just ask questions and send it on and, you know. In this specific group because they're all. Right. What, or 
Ouroboros? Ouroborons. Ouroborons. Yes. Okay. So not everybody is an Ouroboron. No, 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 no. Okay. No. All right. Um, most people live and die, and then they're just, they do their thing. Right. Like us. Right. Because I'm... Well, you don't know that you, I'm not You don't one. know. Well, this could be our first lives. Could be. Um, first life, you just live normal. Second one, you kind of go crazy. Third one is whenever they tend See, to start See, that's what I found people. interesting is the first time Harry lives, or the second time he lives... He completely goes out of his mind. Oh, yeah, because he had an he had a full life, and he can't cope. With- and, and like it, it comes back to you slowly over like the first four or five years of your life. Mm-hmm. So like by the time you're five, you remember. Um, he remembered being in the war and killing people at five mm-hmm. years old, and he wow. was going crazy. And his parents were like, not knowing. What's and so going they on. put him in a in a sanitarium, and he he killed himself. So then he's no. born again. But that happens a lot. Like that's right. that's a, you know, a usual a, a common thing. With Borobor. With, with Ouroborons. Ouroborons. Yeah. With Borobora. <laughs> <laughs> On a grass skirt. <laughs> um, and so Harry and I think Victor. Is it no, no, Victor no, no, no. or Vincent? Vincent. 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 But Harry in, I think, his seventh life gets a message on his deathbed from a little girl uh, who is an Ouroboron saying that something is wrong and that the future's changing and everything's progressing too quickly. And it, it's in his time mm-hmm. that, it's, that it's starting to happen. Mm-hmm. And what it is is Vincent... He, you know, he's doing what most people in a position to ha- do what he can do would do, and he's trying to find the ultimate answer to life. Mm-hmm. You know, he's trying to see what was he. T- it, it was like uh, he wanted to build a telescope that could go down into like the atomic scale and see the base makeups of the universe. Hmm. So he's trying to make this, and in doing so, he's, see, when this this is probably happening, I think, like, from 1930-ish to about 1960-ish, maybe 1970-ish, every time. And so he started working, Vincent, that is, started working with that technology, and um, he's doing this without any knowledge to Harry August at first. Mm Mm-hmm. And he doesn't understand that Harry is also a mnemonic because Harry has kept that very, right. very he, he, he quiet. He knows that, that he is an Ouroboron, but he's kept that he's a mnemonic to himself. So the people that's in this club is Vincent and... and uh, the club is and huge. Harry. The club is a lot. It's over the whole world. So um, are they both members? So do they yes. know each no, other no, from No, Vincent the... is not a member. Vincent is Vincent's not. not a, he's not a member. But he oh, knows okay. that the club exists, he, right. though. He doesn't like the club because he doesn't no. like the fact that they can meddle around in his business. Right. Gotcha. So Vincent is getting all these regular people working under him um, and having them research new technologies mm-hmm. that shouldn't be around around yet, yet uh-huh. like for a long time and then he's releasing some of them or not really releasing some of them but some of them are kind of slipping out into the world right he's mm-hmm. it's like stuff like cell phone technology right. in the 1950s and right and it's just wreaking havoc on the future because technology is progressing so much more quickly because than it of the been. stuff that he's letting right. out right 
Well, not really letting out. It's just kind of getting out. Right. Um, but it's suiting his purposes because of, he's he's almost like he reminded me of like the ultimate evil scientist. Yeah, he does. But I, I, I get where he's coming from. Yeah. But I mean, he it was like the what do you, what do you call that? Uh, almost like a parody of an evil scientist. Right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Just based on the way his character was was painted. Does that, yeah, does it that does. make sense? And he was a smart motherfucker, too. I know. Seriously. Because he was he was working Harry from maybe not the the first time they met, but after their initial fight in Harry's living room. As soon as he identified Harry and understood yeah. what he was, then he started... He, he was working yeah. him. Um, and anyways, Harry, he, he convinced Harry to start working with him because Harry came to st- stop him. Mm-hmm. He was like, look, you need to not let this technology out. It's fucking everything up. You're, you're destroying people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he convinced him to work with him. And so they were working together for, I think, four or five lives in a row. Mm-hmm. So probably a good... What, 120, 130 years? Don't tell any more, though, because if you go too much farther, you're going to give too much away. That's true. Okay. So I'll stop there. But, so, okay, I have a question. The Ouroborons, mm-hmm. um, now, when they go through and they, like, mess up history, they can only do it, like, in their own lifespan, right? Like, the technology right. that's getting out is, is because it's, like, technology that had been discovered in his, like, past life, in his full life. Right. So, like, you know, cell phone technology that was re- released in the 50s, but that's as far as it would go, right? Well, the, that line would keep going. The, the, this is one thing I really liked about this book. It, it, was, it was like a time travel novel, but without actually traveling through time because it was just kind of a reset mm-hmm. so and, and it, it dealt a lot so he would sort of live up to theory. say 1965 and then die and, and then be reborn back to, again back to the past and everything would be with ever, just remembering like, everything just like whenever he was born the first time all that stuff would be the same up to him being born that's all set in stone. Mm-hmm. And everything after that will be influenced by his decisions and the decisions of the other Ouroborons. And they, they kind of all move in the, ta- in, in the same sort of line. They're all, they're all in the same timeline each life. So, like, if he's born in, in 1935, that's it, whenever he dies and goes back, it's always back to 1935? It's always back to 1935. Okay. All right. That's when I wasn't, I was like, okay, if he lives to, like, 1999, yeah, is he born again in 1999 or, like, right. 1930? No, it, it's back or, to his original birth. Okay. It is right. very twisty, this book. And there's a yeah. lot of technical detail in it, and there's a lot. But it is it is typical science fiction in that. The nerds love this kind of thing. Oh, it's awesome. Yes. Because if it you sit down and figure it out, it all makes sense. Well, I mean, from the standpoint of, you know. Right. <laughs> well, you know I wouldn't be sitting down figuring it out. Theoretical. Right. It's, it's theoretical is, science it's and physics and, and all that kind of stuff. That's uh, all wrapped up in a nice, engaging story. Definitely. I love these kinds of stories and and books because it just gives you that I've always loved science fiction 
because the idea that, you know, sometime in the future you could transport yourself from here to, you know, Seattle to get a cup of coffee in the blink of an eye just intrigues the shit out of me. I think it's awesome. Mm. Yeah, that would be cool. Because I grew up with Star Trek. Well, guess what? I never thought that I could look, really, look at a TV screen and talk to my family. And look, now you can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And when I was a kid, you couldn't download a movie. You couldn't watch a movie on the television unless the network played it. And we only had three channels. So if you look at technology in a way it has, you know, come in my lifetime, and I'm only 52. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the science fiction and the whole hope of the future thing has me firmly hooked. I really love this story and I love the whole. It sounds really interesting. It, it, it really, really interesting. And I also like the idea of the good versus evil that comes from it. Mm-hmm. And, and the dude is evil. And also the good kind of turning evil. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he he does everything to try to thwart Harry. He does all sorts of things to keep Harry from stopping him over mm-hmm. this time period. Well, it sounds interesting. I mean, sci-fi really isn't... It's hard for me to wrap my head around the logic of some of the sci-fi. I mean, we've talked about this before. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the reasons why I don't read a lot of like dystopian universes. Mm-hmm. Because if it's too far off of what I already know, it's hard for me to grasp it. But this one sounds like it would be... It would be enough where I could follow the line. Mm. It can be a little mind bendy. Yeah, I, I definitely had to stop and let it digest a little bit for, for a minute. Yeah, yeah. But honestly, it it really was an amazing story. Good job, Josh. Yeah, good job, Amazon. That was one of the recommendations. For, was it really uh, from Amazon? Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. Claire North also wrote another one. I checked it out recently but I just my mind was not in it I'm going to have to read it another time when I'm not so distracted because I just was not in the mood for it I guess it's Mm. called uh, it's about chess I believe so where do we go from here well you haven't reviewed your (gasps) oh yeah I guess I didn't did I holy shit okay so I went uh, non-traditional this time I think after an entire Month of horror. Actually, I read triple the amount of horror that everybody else did, which is expected. Yeah, We're but not I was surprised by that. But I was super in the mood for horror all month, mm-hmm. so I read three horror books every every week all month. So then, as soon as the month was over, I went directly Opposite. to yeah, and I read this book called Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng. Spelled N-G, by the way. That's the last name. I was on the wait list for this for a very long time. I basically just checked it out cold, Mm -hmm. got on the wait list because it looked interesting and different. Mm -hmm. I do that often. Just sort of read the fly leaf. Mm-hmm. at the library and go, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll take a look at that. And see, you're pretty good at that, kind of like Josh. You're really good at picking out books. 
I really, really suck at it. <laughs> I really suck at it. There's so many times that I've started a book and been like, I don't know what I want. Well, I, I, that is not necessarily true because I check them all out. Well, everyone that you you tell me, oh, check that one out, is always an, a fantastic book. But yeah, I but can't check my own books out. I check all of them out and then <laughs> I read the first couple of pages and go, no, and then put it back. <laughs> so I check out three times the amount of books everybody else does, but I only actually get through a certain amount. But I want to look at the new ones, too, because I understand that people want to read what's coming up and what's new. And I knew that this one was going to be on some of the lists, and it actually did end up being on one of the lists. So it's about suburbia. Mm -hmm. It's about families. One of the main characters is, well, actually, it's kind of looks at two, well, three families in kind of an upscale neighborhood in Cleveland called Shaker Heights. The book starts out with the Richardson house on fire and not just on fire, but on fire in several places. But you don't find out until much later. In fact, you forget all about it when you get into the story. There's a family, the Richardson family lives in this in this nice neighborhood, but they have a second home nearby and they rent that home out. Well, the the mom, Mrs. Richardson, she's a reporter but only sort of as a hobby, you know. Her husband is a very successful man and they have three children. Four children. So the mother sort of uses this house as a way to rescue people. Okay? She rents it out to people she feels are deserving of her help. So she rents it out to this woman who's a single mother and an artist. So she finds the woman interesting. And she decides that, you know, she would like to have this woman in the neighborhood and offers her home up for rent and it's a very nice neighborhood Mm -hmm. and the rent would be way too expensive for this woman to live here otherwise but her daughter will be going to school with her children the story is sort of about the interaction between the two families the third family is a friend of mrs richardson who is a She is a childless woman who's been trying for a very long time to have a child, and she ends up adopting a Chinese baby, Chinese-American, a baby who's actually um, surrendered to a fire station, Mm -hmm. and then they adopted the child. Yeah. And that actually happens quite often in certain American cities, where there's there's a law that was passed that says a mother won't be prosecuted if she can't care for a child, if she surrenders the child to a hospital or a fire Within station. So many days. Right. Well, right. the baby was still fairly young. Mm-hmm. And so Mrs. R- Mrs. Richardson's friend was able to adopt the child. Well, there's a connection in the whole story. There's a way that it all sort of links together. But it has to do with a lot of family secrets. Mm-hmm. that are involved because Mia who's this who's the artist is a very nomadic individual mm-hmm. she has spent her entire life moving around the country with her daughter and you get the sense right away 
that there's a reason why they've been moving around the country. Hmm. But it's not apparent what that reason might be. I mean, there's no there's no immediate feeling of, oh, gee, it, it might have been an abusive dad or She's not a running killer. from the law. No, it's nothing. You don't get a weird feeling about anything like that, that it might have been. She seems like a very, mm-hmm. a free-spirited artist type. So it's not unusual, really. You don't really get that feeling about it. Now, Mrs. Richardson, as I said, she's sort of a rescuer of, of people. And she sees Mia, who's the artist, struggling, working, waitressing jobs and stuff like that. And she, since her daughter becomes friends, her, wait, no, her son, one of her sons becomes friends with Mia's daughter, she decides to offer Mia a job cleaning her house so that Mia can take her time to work on her art projects. Her, she's mm-hmm. a photographer. So she does sort of like, um, what would you call it? Like a, almost like collage work with her photographs. So she spends a lot of time working on that. And she gets more time to do that when she's cleaning the Richardson's home because she mm-hmm. has very flexible hours. So the the friendship between the two teenagers is a typical one because the boy has secret feelings for the girl. Mm-hmm. The older boy, who's a jock and very good looking, mm-hmm. kind of um, has secret feelings for the girl. Is that his older brother? Yes. And the girl has secret feelings for the jock. And then there's the older sister who takes the younger girl under her wing. So there's a lot of family dynamic going on there. And it's really interesting and rich and chewy and just a good story all the way around. Very, very well written and super mysterious shit starts happening because Mia had worked with a Chinese-American woman at one of the restaurants who is trying to get her baby back from somebody who had adopted her child and mysteriously finds out where that baby is. Oh. Hmm. So, and then they, everybody starts to figure out where this connection took place and then Mrs. Richardson's, Richardson starts digging into Mia's past. And then finds out why she's running. Oh, yes. And then it really starts to get good. And it sounds was, like a big soap opera. Yeah, it but really not does. in the way that. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, but oddly enough, it doesn't feel like that one bit because you know I hate soap operas. Mm-hmm. It does not feel like that at all. It was such a well written. Um, just a joy to read. I really seriously enjoyed it, and I read it in a very short period of time. It was a very lyrically written, written novel. I felt it was, anyway. And it didn't feel soap opera-ish or dramatic, even though there was a shitload of drama in it and a lot of teenage angst mm-hmm. and stuff going on that 
It sounds like it could be a Netflix series. It did feel a little like a Netflix series, mm-hmm. but in a good way, not in a sh- well, right. not in a bad There's way. Some of them that I've watched, then and you Netflix get done watching it, and you're series. like, yeah, and you're like, wow. But one of those good <laughs> chewy series, not one of those ones with all the pretty people in it. I like mm. shows with pretty people in it. I don't. Pretty people are fun to watch. I do not like watching them. They piss me off. <laughs> and then you start to find out, and all of the title and all these other things start to make sense as you go on. Huh. Interesting. So, yeah. Sounds cool. It was excellent. I highly recommend it. And I think that it will definitely make some more of the lists. I know it has, Book Riot has put it out on some of the lists already. Mm-hmm. And it is very well deserved. Sounds like we both picked off the list. I'm sure yours was on a list somewhere because it sounds like it would be. It's a good book. Man, we just had all kinds of good stuff. Even though Jessica was going to be here today, she had a migraine. I had a migraine this morning, too. Mm-hmm. It's the weather change. Yeah. We're all I'm going sure through it. it. So, all right. I think we better bail. Yeah. Good stuff today. Yeah. It was very fun. Lots of interesting books. All right, that's going to do it for Three Three Book Book Girls. Girls.